Welcome to the Engineering Greatness Podcast brought to you by the American Concrete Institute. My name is Luz Maria. I am a forensic civil engineer in Austin, Texas. And today I have Angela Ibarra as my co-host. Hey guys, my name is Angela Ibarra. I'm born and raised in Houston, Texas. A recent graduate, well, not too recent, but as of December, 2020. And um, I am working as a structural graduate engineer um, for structural engineering firm, Pinnacle of Structural Engineers. <laughs> and we're here kind of just to get to know each other and share our professional background, how we got started in civil engineering and our experiences as women in engineering. So Angela, I kind of want to go into your educational background because I found it really interesting. Could you share a little bit more about that? Okay, um, so I started um, going to the University of Houston downtown and that was more less to kind of just take my basics. I had wanted to transfer out. Um, I end up um, being introduced into the major uh, structural analysis and design um, with the option of engineering technology uh, by the advisor there and um, decided to just go ahead and stick through um, with that. It became very interesting to me um, met a lot of uh, colleagues along the way, and it just kind of um, intrigued me a little bit more to to want to continue to pursue that uh, degree. So, um, have you always known that you wanted to do engineering or structural analysis in any way, shape, or form? Structural analysis, no, but engineering is kind of one of those uh, cliche things of oh, I want to grow up, I want to be an engineer. Uh -huh. So um, it actually, um, in elementary school, I remember as far back as going on a field trip. I don't quite remember where I went, but I do remember saying that oh, when I grow up, I want to be an engineer. Um, so there's a lot more backstory to how I came into uh, this career um, because I originally was working in the legal field. So mm -hmm. um, kind of with... Um, my family uh, owning construction. My uncle owns a, a Millennium Contractors construction uh, company and um, they do painting and work with construction material, drywall um, for hospitals, buildings, things of that sort. And uh, my father would actually take me to work with him or ask me to go to work with him at times. And I, I, I pretty much enjoyed it. Enjoy the time, you know, being there and learning new stuff, being hands-on and getting my hands dirty, never mind. Mm -hmm. Um, so fast forward a little bit more, um, my late husband was in drafting and he, um, designed stainless steel kitchen equipment, um, for a company he worked since all the way from uh, high school, like straight out of high school. Uh -huh. And then fast forward into that <laughs> in my, um, uh, legal career, I worked for intellectual property law firm. And so when I decided to change industries, I was kind of trying to keep my options open, see where it was that I can continue with the legal and also um, get into engineering. And so you can do that with being a patent agent. So I was just kind of uh, toying around with what you know I could possibly do, just making sure that I wouldn't be stuck with me changing careers, uh, mm -hmm. changing industries. Um, so that's kind of how I got into structural analysis and design because going to uh, University of Houston downtown, that was one of the majors that they had there. Um, and so here I am. 
<laughs> wow, that is so interesting. I I would describe that as a roller coaster, but um, I really liked what you said about your transition, your career transition. How did you know it was the right time for you to switch? Or like, how, how did you make that decision? Because from legal to engineering, I mean, I think that's a big jump. <laughs> yes, no, definitely. It definitely is. So that, um, let's see, how can I word this? In, in my pursuit of my, um, of the legal profession and um, getting an associates and paralegal studies, I went to work and I was actually working for an oil and gas law firm. And during that time, I had some personal matters that um, that kind of um, leaned more towards me needing to stay home with my uh, with my daughters and to raise them myself. But I couldn't just stay home and not do anything. And so I made a conscious decision to go back to school. And since in the past that there was thoughts of um, starting up a, a side business with my late husband, and uh, we were gonna he since he was in drafting we we're gonna do something of that sort and so I just kind of went a step further and said you know I'm gonna go ahead and pursue an engineering degree and and see how this works out so kind of just living day by day um mm -hmm. and seeing how things fall into place but never quitting oh okay so it was like a, an accumulation of just like little moments that led you to where you are now and that's interesting that it's kind of similar to my background, although mine is definitely more compressed into um, one year in my freshman year in undergrad. I actually went um, to undergrad undeclared at the University of Texas at Austin. So when I was applying to college, I had no idea what I wanted to study, what I wanted to do. Um, and fortunately, I did have the opportunity to continue my education and have the opportunity to explore all these different options my freshman year as an undeclared major. And it was just like meeting people at college, seeing what their experiences are like, what, what are they learning, going to student organizations, um, my classes that I was taking, and it all just kind of led me to architectural engineering, which is what I ended up studying. Um, but when you said that you kind of always wanted to be an engineer, I think I always say that I don't think I wanted to be an engineer. It kind of just like was something that I knew, but it wasn't like something that I thought I could do. I remember in first grade, um, they made us like do this whole map of like um, who we are and about me page, a giant one. And my mom still has it. And uh, my thing for like, what do I want to do when I, when I want to grow up is I want to be a lawyer. <laughs> and um and I think that's why like, I'm so interested in your background because I see, I just feel, I have a feeling that I still would have done what you, <laughs> you did. I would have gone and explored that law side. Um, but what I really like about engineering and the reason I decided to pursue it was providing solutions to like real world, like physical things, like the hands-on thing. I can relate that to that so much because I could read about like all these things, but I feel like civil engineering is one of those fields where like you read about it and you experience it. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, that's what eventually led me to civil engineering. And then my materials class is what led me to concrete. 
<laughs> like once I made my first batch, I was like, I'm hooked. I'm a concrete junkie. I still have my first mix um, with me. I use it. I use it as decor. Um, but uh, how did you get introduced to concrete? Okay, so that also is something that kind of um, I guess fell into my lap during my first day of my degree. Um, mm -hmm. I was actually in one of um, my uh, one of my classes, and my professor was asking some of the students um, who was interested into joining uh, ACI student organization. And um, this is one of a few organizations that I had joined, but I really wish that I had knew about these organizations in the beginning of my freshman year. Um, so I've learned I learned about this organization in my senior year. Mm -hmm. um, so I was able to participate in ACI. Um, student organization competitions. And um, with that is when we started to play with concrete. And um, we spent uh, countless hours in the lab and um, mixing and wearing our masks then, <laughs> all of our PPE <laughs> and still getting our hands dirty. And um, it was a great experience. You know, you get to uh, meet, meet a lot more people that you weren't aware that were in the same program as you. Um, you know, there's diversity and um, just different personalities. And mm -hmm. so you, you kind of learn a little bit more about concrete. You learn about um, the different materials that you use um, to reinforce it. And I think it was just a, that was a great experience, but that's how I got involved into um, to mixing and playing with concrete. Nice. Uh, what was one of the biggest challenges of your student concrete experience? Well, the biggest challenge wasn't the actual student concrete. <laughs> it was more of um, being able to participate as much as I wanted to because, um, you know, because I have children. So it was time. Um, mm -hmm. Time was a, was a big challenge for me of being able to uh, contribute as much as I wanted to contribute. But um, as far as in that, um, I think we had some challenges with molds and... Uh, <laughs> And um, placing our, our concrete in it and um, kind of getting it to, to, um, uh, to where we wanted it to be as far as in uh, the weight of whatever the criteria was for it. Like for instance, we did a concrete, uh, the concrete bowling uh, competition. So mm -hmm. we had, I don't know if you're familiar with that one. So you have an ACI, you have to um, construct a concrete uh, bowling ball and it's got to be within a specific weight and you got to use specific materials and that um, we used uh, some fibers to reinforce it and sometimes placing those fibers we would actually try and do them like a web placing them in there and so that was um, that was a little interesting <laughs> yeah um I actually did do one student competition also like you later in the game I also wish I would have started sooner so that would be my, my advice to like mm -hmm. undergrad students like go find those professional organizations in your major as soon as possible and just yeah. get involved because that's the only way that you get to experience the field outside of the textbook um yeah, so I I did the um, eco concrete competition in spring of 2019, and that actually I did it as part of my concrete materials class, but they it was a project and the highest score could compete with 
the ACI team and go to Canada. So I think it was that experience itself that kind of like cemented my place in ACI because I got to meet so many like concrete people uh, all in one building, just nerding out about this material. It's, it's so weird when I tell my parents um, that I like this, <laughs> that I like concrete, that I like structural engineering, because um, uh, it's very like construction related. And if you know me personally, like, I'm very like, I don't like getting dirty. <laughs> I don't like sweating. <laughs> I don't like um, um, the feeling, but I do like the output. I think it's always like what I get out of it that is the most rewarding. Because, um, um, yeah, when I told them that I was mixing concrete at college, they were like, you could do that at home. <laughs> You're doing that over there. Um, but yeah. I, I really, really like the student competitions. They're like great introduction to um, the field uh, post-grad. So um, um, what other student organizations did you get involved with, if, if, if any? And if not, which student organizations do you wish you had gotten involved with? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, hmm. I feel like because I went, I was undeclared that first year, um, my sophomore year, I just like went in and I was like, I need to meet people. So I was a part of the women in engineering program at UT. And that one, um, I, I'm very grateful for that program. It's the one that introduced me to undergraduate research that introduced me even more to concrete. I was a part of the graduates linked with undergraduates experience. So I was assigned a graduate student. And for one semester, I assisted in their research project. Um, mine had to do with pre-stressed concrete beams that were experiencing a lot of shrinkage cracking. So for that, I was just collecting data and um, to do a, a life prediction model. And I don't know, that hands-on like, oh, concrete is just more than just like this material, but it's like infrastructure and like we have to take care of it. So um that program really helped out in figuring out my niche in the field and then I also joined the Structural Engineering Association of Texas and that's the one that introduced me to forensic engineering that they brought in a lot of presenters every like two weeks and one of them um came in to talk about a stadium failure in Allen, Texas. It's a pretty famous one, I think, here in Texas and the U.S., um, but it was just a, a stadium failure um, having to do with the concrete and other stuff, but they mostly focused on the concrete aspect of it and it just got my brain thinking of like, oh, okay, so there's like more to, to this field. Like we have this research, but we also can use that research to figure out like a solution, like after something fails. And it's kind of just like piecing everything together. So CIAW was really helpful in like telling me like the different fields in structural engineering. And um, there was ACI, of course, and that one's just like a big networking one for me, uh, mentorship for me, um, especially as like a woman um, in engineering, like it's really hard sometimes to find people that you can like um, ask these questions to. Um, so that one has been really helpful to get to know people. 
Um, and also like all the standards and literature is so important <laughs> in what I do. So I have to stay <laughs> up to date. Um, and I think the last one um, was the Architectural Engineering Institute. That one, um, that's where I met like my closest friends. And, and that's where I got to experience more of like the student life. Um, and we did study groups. I became the social chair, did hosted events. Um, it was just like trying to connect people and, um, you know, lighten the load from like all the studying. Um, they also brought in different presenters of different fields and um, that they also brought in like a PE, um, professional engineering um, mm -hmm. to talk about like the whole process. And that's how I was just like, oh, I have to do that too. <laughs> um, so I think the best part about student organizations is you actually get to learn uh, more about the field um than just like like I said earlier than outside the textbook because that's something that wasn't really talked about um all the accreditation um that's like required um in some places um I think the only one that I didn't join because I just love joining organizations I guess um was ASE um but that's also because I felt like I wasn't a civil engineer I was an architectural engineer and there was this kind of like divide between us. So that's the one that I didn't join. <laughs> uh, but what about you? So the organizations that I joined were um, ASCE, ACI, SWE, and Structural um, Engineers Organization. And that was an upcoming organization at University of Houston downtown. And so mm -hmm. that one was mostly about networking and um, getting to know other a professional getting to know professional engineers other uh, students pursuing an engineer mm -hmm. and people already in, in the industry and having them come in and talk to the students kind of give them a feel for what to expect when they graduate um, network as far as in getting internships um, whether they were ready or after graduation like we had quite a few students who were successful in obtaining internships from there um, so those were just just a few that um, that I had joined, but mostly um, ACI and structural engineering organization were the two that I was highly involved with. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I feel like we keep bouncing off of like networking um, and how important these organizations like connect people. What is some advice you would give to like young professionals or even students about networking? I would say to join the student organizations as early on as you can and stay involved as much as possible because that is where you learn um, you learn hands-on and you can also uh, network within the university but also outside of the university especially when you're going to the competitions um, the conventions you meet so many people uh, you get to pick their brain um, and then you have so many resources where you can follow up with afterwards whether it's you know, for materials to assist with future competitions or just to um, pick somebody's brain with questions that you're struggling with um, of not knowing within your, whatever criteria it is that you have for a competition that's coming up. Um, and then even afterwards, if they see that you are highly motivated and have grit, then they want you to be on their team. They, you know, later on you might have an internship and get hired on. So I think it's very important to start early on with um, networking. I think mm. it's been one of the best things that I've done. Mm -hmm. um, 
Yeah, same for me. I'm the first engineer in my family. And um, so I, I have very little uh, assistance just on like knowing people. Like I rarely, I don't know anyone in construction really. So yeah, going into the into the field when I decided to do civil engineering, I knew that that was going to be like one of the things that I really wanted to focus on is how will I get to know people in this field? How can I connect? Um, and it was one of the main drivers of like the job that I'm, um, uh, who I work for right now. Because um, I, I knew that I wanted to make that connection. I wanted to um, have that mentorship opportunity. It's a small firm. So I knew that I would have like that hands-on like one-on-one um, -on -one kind of thing. Because um, sometimes like when you don't know, like um, you have to go and figure out the answers, advocate for yourself. Yes. Um, so um I would say, um, I forgot to mention earlier with the ACI, um, that one was the whole networking opportunity, more um, trying to connect, trying to see what concrete industry is like, what kind of jobs, what kind of things are there. And one of the presentations is actually my current employer. Um, they went to talk about forensic engineering and they went to talk about how, it's, how they mostly focus on concrete. And then that was just like my world's colliding. Um, so I had to like send my card um, uh, or send my resume and it's like, I am very interested. Here's my resume. Here's my cover letter. Um, and fortunately, they got back to me and they were like, well, let's do an interview. Um, and it, it just started off with that. It was like, a, um, what's it called? A base board or just something to like, oh, we're both like ACI people mm -hmm. and from there we can go and talk about like my experiences my resume my education connect with thousands of the concrete industry's brightest minds at the ACI concrete convention held each spring and fall the ACI concrete convention is the world's gathering place for advancing concrete materials design construction and repair bringing together the world's most well-known leaders with professionals looking to learn. With more than 40 hours of technical and educational sessions, professionals can take their concrete knowledge to the next level. Want to get involved in developing the latest concrete codes, specifications, reports, and programs? Stop by an ACI committee meeting or join any one of ACI's 400 plus committees. Looking to compete in a hands-on concrete competition against other students from around the world? Recruit a few of your classmates and form a team to compete in the student competition. Need to grow your lead database or connect with potential suppliers and customers? Sign up to be an exhibitor or sponsor. With a convenient and central location, the exhibit hall is the perfect spot to catch up on the latest industry products and technology or establish a new business connection. Wind down your evenings and celebrate concrete design and construction excellence at any one of ACI's receptions or mixer events throughout the week. Whether you're a longtime returning attendee, showcasing your latest products, competing in the student competition, or attending your first ACI committee meeting or convention, join your fellow concrete enthusiasts at the world's gathering place for advancing concrete. Explore today at aciconvention.org. Well, I, let me um, bounce off of you and your and, and what you just explained to us. So, mm -hmm. can you explain to us what a forensic uh, engineer is, what they do, and mm -hmm. what what type of background training or education 
would you actually need to be in a position as such as yours? That's a good question. Um, so forensic civil engineering, I like to say it's the um, forensic civil engineering is investigating building and road failures. Um, failures is a very broad term. Um, it's not necessarily like a bridge collapse or um, a foundation going everywhere. Um, it's anything that shows distress <laughs> more tech, the more legal word is distress, deficiencies, anything different from what was um, designed to what was as built. Um, that's a failure as well. So forensic civil engineering, there's also two different paths also with that. You could do the consulting repair side where you go after something has been already like um, said it's deficient so it needs to be fixed and repair so that's repair and rehabilitation um, it's mostly design and looking at codes and stuff like that and then there's the litigation support where you work for lawyers um, in these like settlements or arbitrations and and that's the field that i work in so what we do there is that we evaluate plans and drawings specifications relevant literature um, all the standards all the codes and we go typically and do an investigation, which is a condition survey of what it is uh, at the time, and kind of do a comparison of like what was supposed to be built and how was it built. And once we know that, we go into the research side of it of um, why did that happen? And that's the hardest part, I would say, um, because as engineers, we want to talk numbers and we want to show like charts and like bars and and just like really explain the the physics behind why a crack developed. And I've gone into that hole where I've just like written paragraphs of us like, well, like concrete is weak in tension and the design of the slab is not like it's not one to one. It's a two to one geometry. And um and I've had lawyers just read that and just like, that's not what we want. <laughs> we just want to know uh, why did it crack and who was at fault? So it's always just kind of gathering all the engineering, all the numbers and turning it into words. Um, so for like a crack developing on a concrete slab, it's just, we do the condition survey. Um, we look at different variables, thickness, socket depth, um, when was it cut and what type of mix is it? And just condense all that information to just say like, well, there was an error in the mix design and based on like the plans and drawings, based on the specs, based on the contract, so-and-so would be at fault. So that's the kind of thing that I do. It's very niche, um, but it's really, rewarding because it's it's providing solutions and it keeps me on my toes every single project is different and you just never know um, where it's going to lead you so that's forensic engineering itself for qualifications i say if you're a very curious person this is the field for you like if you've always just like looked at infrastructure and just wondered how was this built um could this be designed differently? Like if you look at something, it's just like, oh, that's following code or just like little <laughs> tiny things like that. 
um, where you just like love infrastructure and love buildings in that way. If you have a very analytical mind, um, another important one is if you like writing. And that one's one that I don't think a lot of engineers gravitate towards. But I would say if you like writing, this is a good field for you because all the investigation has to be written down in one report or one letter. So condensing all of that math into words can be really hard for a lot of engineers, but I would say if you liked your labs, like your geotech labs and your material labs, all kinds of labs like those, you would really like it. That's how I knew that I wanted to do something like this. I loved writing my geotech reports um, and explaining why we got a certain PI or <laughs> all these other things. Um, so I would say as a personality, like the kind of person that you are, those are the skills. Um, but as an educational background, I think um, it depends on the firm. I was able to get my position as a, a just with a bachelor's, um, but a lot of positions actually require a master's or more um, because it is like a technical heavy um, field. So more education is required. I agree. Um, I've looked into it um, in the past. And so I, I've noticed that there's a lot, there are a lot of firms that will require a master's um, mm -hmm. in pursuit of forensics engineering. I wanted to ask you another question. Um, in regards to you being in the industry, you being female, um, mm -hmm. being a minority, and also being Latina. So <laughs> the trifecta. <laughs> <laughs> so <clears throat> there's about a 28 to 34% of females in science, engineering, technology, and math and STEM. And so men vastly outweigh uh, females in this industry and especially in the fields of um, studies college. So have you had any challenges? And if so, what types of challenges have you had being a female minority and Latina? And how did you overcome it? And what advice would you have? I guess that's a several questions in this. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a great question. Um, boom. So I think at the beginning, um, I really didn't think about those ratios when I decided to go into engineering. And luckily at UT, it was pretty 50-50, um, male and woman um, in the classrooms and everything. But I always gravitated towards other engineering gals just because it's that comfortableness of like, okay, like we're both going through this ourselves. Um, but it wasn't like in the concrete comp student competition, um, I was the only woman in my team and I had to travel with them to another country and hang out with them. <laughs> and they were my only, only people that I knew at the time there. And it definitely was a little um, different because, you know, they, they have their own like the way they act amongst themselves. And then like you add a woman there and they suddenly don't know how to interact. Um, I definitely had that, but I think it's just giving people time to adjust uh, is my advice. It, it just takes some people more time and don't let that, don't let that affect you. Like you gotta do your own thing 
and advocate for yourself. And I made it known um, as well that like, oh, like y'all aren't really vibing with me. Like this isn't <laughs> like we're supposed to be a team. And um, by the end of the trip, uh, they were like advocating for me. Um, I found some of the, some like dismissive people, if you're like a woman or a student also at these like conventions, like they don't really want to talk to you, but um, they did make a big effort to like make me feel welcomed by the end of that trip. And I also uh, went to the women in ACI um, banquet at that convention and that's where like I found a group of people that was like okay like I can be here like I, there doesn't have to be a lot of us here um, right now <laughs> but I have people that I can lean on um, so that's how it felt um, it's just finding your group once you have your group you can really conquer anything um, but what about you how has your experience been in being a woman, a Latina in engineering, and also a, a mother while in college. Did I get that correct? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So um, I, amongst a, a few others, we also dealt with, um, I guess, the dismissive of being a woman, um, I would say is uh, dominance of masculinity is maybe what <laughs> we would call it. Um, <laughs> And it, it kind of did, uh, it pushed a couple of females out of the organization because they just um, kind of wanted to wash their hands of it and, and not be around um, that type of environment. Um, but for others who did stick with it, I, I tried to um, empower them and just tell them, you know, don't, don't let anybody stand in the way of your opportunities. This, this is not just going to be here. It's going to be everywhere because you are a minority in the industry, mm -hmm. and so it's almost as if you're supposed you're kind of out of place. Um, but um, for that being said, I feel like it inspired some of the females that were there, and they continue to push through. They continue to stay within the organizations, and um, they've actually excelled. They've graduated, and they're um, in the industry, and they're doing very well as as well. So the same as you, my advice would just be to keep on pushing through, stay optimistic, and um, don't let any type of negativity um, stand in your way. Uh, just kind mm -hmm. of take a step back, a step to the side, and move forward, whichever way you, you want to go. Um, being a mother and, um, and trying to get a degree is probably the most difficult challenge um, because, of course, you want to put your children first. And um, time, again, time is, um, is very challenging to be able to put your studies there while still maintaining um, the, uh, the schedules for your children. I've actually have two children who are on the autism spectrum disorder. And so mm -hmm. um, that was even more challenging because they had therapies uh, twice a week and for two hours each since they're twins. And um, it just, uh, you just have to have a no quit attitude. And one of my um, interviews, when I was in interviewing uh, one of the, one of the uh, other females just called me resilient. And I had never heard that, <laughs> heard that, that before. So it was great. It was great to hear that um, because it gives you a little bit more self-confidence that you're pushing through, you're, you're doing something um, motivating for someone else to see that in you that you don't see within yourself. But I would definitely say that I, you just got to have a no quit attitude and you just got to keep moving forward, even if you're not as confident as you think. 
<laughs> right. Um, it's that, um, yeah, because it's, it's a really interesting experience because you don't, as, at least personally for me, it's like you don't want to make it your whole personality mm-hmm. that it is, that you're a Latina and in a pro- primarily non-Latina field. So it isn't, it's like setting that boundary for yourself of like, how much am I going to willing to let this be? a part of my experience here um because it it is like in some aspects like when I go into a room and I'm the only Latina like obviously it's it it feels overwhelming at the beginning but you're there for different reasons as well you're an engineer you're a good thinker you have a you have that grit that hard work um there's so many aspects to the field um outside of that and um sometimes it's hard to for other people to see you that way but it's the constant, like, you have to remind yourself that, that you are, you deserve to be there. So um, at the end of the the day, it is what it is. If people, if people want to accept you or not, that's um, someone else's problem. (laughs) (laughs) That's how I like to think about it, at least. Um, Let's see. I think we talked about our education, our involvement in ACI. Um, I did actually want to talk to you about the Hard Hat and Heels community project. Oh, yes. (laughs) I did some snooping on LinkedIn (laughs) and um, that one really caught my eye. Could you tell me more about that? Okay, so that was a a community service uh, project that was done and it was also done in my senior year. Um, exiting out. So even after I graduated, it was something that I was continuing to um, to work on. So in that project, I asked um, two of my colleagues who were in ACI and um, SEO, structural engineering or- organizations um, with me, and we're all leaders in these um, organizations, uh, treasurers, presidents, vice presidents, and, and each of them at several different times. So I asked them to um, join me in this project. They agreed, thankfully. Mm-hmm. And um, what we did was, as I mentioned earlier, my sons, they're on the spectrum and they attended a school. And in the school, I felt like it helped them progress. And um, the principal there at the time, you know, she assisted with making sure they got you know, their needs met. So I wanted to give back to that school. And I asked them, is there anything that you need you know, as far as in volunteer work for the school, uh, concrete related, because we can do some small uh, projects to help uh, beautify the school, but with concrete. So they mentioned, uh, or she mentioned that there is um, a muddied area between the, the ramp from the school to the playground. And when the children in, who are wheelchair bound need to get from the, the ramp to the playground, it's very difficult. The wheelchair will get muddied up and it, you know, kind of just keeps them from being able to participate in and being in the outdoors. Mm-hmm. So what we did was we um, designed and constructed a concrete walkway. So that way um, in any future raining um, um, disasters for them <laughs> that they yeah. can um, get the students to, you know, to be able to participate and enjoy the outdoors. So we were told that it would, um, uh, it had benefited about 650 members of the community, um, students, faculty, you know, the staff, um, just, just with that project that we had, that we had completed. 
So mm -hmm. I, I think it was, I think it was a success. Um, it's still there. It's not cracked. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel for first timers, we kind of knew what we were doing. Mm -hmm. And then we have ACI to thank for that ACI student organization, just the involvement, um, them allowing us to do our mixed designs in the lab and just uh, being hands-on. But I think it was a great opportunity. I think it was great to give back to the community. And, and I think we just, you know, it was, uh, we just did a good service. Mm -hmm. I love that. I think that's, I mean, that's all civil engineering is giving back to the community and that's what concrete does. So um, on that note, I think we are good to go. <laughs> Uh, thank you for sharing your um, your story with us here at Engineering Greatness. It was so nice to meet you. Um, is there any way that um, any listeners could contact you if they have any questions about your experience, about your um, stories? Um, I have a LinkedIn um, account and you can find it by my name, Angela, A-N-G-E-L-A, Y-B-A-R-R-A. Add you on there and, and answer any questions if you have. Perfect. Um, and you can find me also on LinkedIn, uh, Dulce Maria Trejo, D U L C E M A R I A T R E J O. And I'm gonna also tell y'all about my TikTok. Y'all can follow me at underscore Dulce Maria Trejo. Um, I do daily vlogs there about my life as a civil engineer um, living in Austin. So um, thank you everyone for joining us today on Engineering Greatness. We'll see you all next time. Bye. Bye guys.